just a good-looking man. And any barmaid can be a star maid. Is he dances with or without a pen? Hooray for Hollywood. When you're terrific, if you're even good. Where anyone at all from Shirley Temple to Amy Semple is equally understood. Go out and try your luck. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to a Rattledgeon Broadcasting premiere podcast, Damn You Hollywood, and I'm your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge, and this is a special edition of Damn You Hollywood. It's just me and the misfit and the miscreant himself, <laughs> the dungeon master, Ronnie <laughs> Adams. How do you do, sir? What's going on, my friend? How are, I'm, I'm I do well. How how do you do? I'm doing okay. It was a long weekend, but it's over now, and I get the next two days off, and I get to kick nice. off my date, my next two days off, by talking yet another medieval movie with you. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry. It's so funny because, like this, I never intended to review the Last Duel, directed by Ridley Scott, starring Adam Driver and. Matt Damon. Matt Damon's in the movies. That's for you, Robert, um, who is not with us tonight. <laughs> anyway, I had not intended to do this. Andrew Graham. Andrew Graham. God bless you, Andrew Graham, from our Canadian office. Yeah. Um, when this got announced a year ago, was like, hey, can we review The Last Duel? Which, by the way, just to tell you how things in my mind work, he says The Last Duel. I immediately think Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. And that is a suit. That is what I thought we, which came out years ago, by the way. Yeah. And but he's like the last duel, and I'm like, right, the last time, right? Let's review it. And I'm like, that's not what he. That's not what he was talking about at not all. He wants. Yeah. Um. So this uh, this was part of the Fox buyout from Disney. This came over along with all the IP, and uh, they finished wrapping on it. They, they did all the post production, and they released it in time for Oscar season. And what ended up being a very crowded uh, movie season because of the COVID pandemic, everything got pushed into October, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so while this might have stood a better chance, um, maybe in September or in November when things were less crowded, no one saw this thing. Um, but I digress. We'll get we'll get there a little bit later in the podcast. Andrew wanted to review this. Andrew could not be with us here tonight as Andrew has other things going on in his world. So we wish him well. Um, but as it turns out, when you found out we were doing this, you were like, well, I'll gladly step in for Andrew. Sure. And so here we are. Yet another uh, Knights and Swords and whatnot movie. This is this is your bag, man. This is becoming kind of becoming our thing. Oh, man, I was in the Green Knight. Yeah, we won't. We don't count that one. Um, sorry. I just, man. The more I think about that movie, the more pissed off I got that I paid for it. <laughs> well, let's let, let, let's talk about this lovely movie about a rape. Um, what <laughs> that you insisted I watch? No, um, I didn't know. <laughs> I just I thought it was just gonna be knights dueling. I didn't. I know. did. I thought it was gonna be knights and chivalry and oh, they're chivalrous, uh, all right. Uh, the, 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 <laughs> Woof. Um, <laughs> yeah, indeed, woof. <laughs> and, and and okay, so let's talk. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm I'm here for you, sir. I've got things. Okay. 
as my dog curls up on the couch. Uh, I was going to let you go. <laughs> you do your thing there. Okay. Well, so anyway, so The Last Night, directed by Ridley Scott, uh, it's based on the book, um, sorry, written, uh, based on The Last Duel, a true story of trial by combat in medieval France by Eric Yeager. Uh, as I said, there's Matt Damon, Adam Driver, Jodie Comer, who was actually just in Free Guy, and Ben Affleck, who is Matt Damon's hetero life mate. Um, <laughs> this debuted at the Venice Film Festival on September 10th of this past year, and then it debuted uh, worldwide on October 15th. And it's broken into three parts. There's chapter one, chapter two, and chapter three, and it's told from three different perspectives. The same series of events and then the actual rape itself are told from the perspective of the two participants. And then from the perspective of Matt Damon's character, who is the unfortunate survivor's uh, wife, uh, husband, rather. So, um, real quick, and then we'll jump into the plot and then the review and everything. You didn't know what this was about. You just saw, you just saw the last duel. You saw the trailer with them throwing swords at each other and horses and whatnot. We lost <laughs> more can't... good. We lost more good horses uh, in this movie. Man, that was rough. Um, uh... And so what made you want to see it? I consider myself a well-read man. Okay. Uh, I like to consider myself that. I have not read this book. Had I read this book, (laughs) we would not be in this situation right now. Oh, is this yet another one that you you found yourself in a dark alley? Like, how did I get here and how do I get out? Yes. (laughs) One... (laughs) One by so, ignorance. I'm the, so looking forward to you reviewing Ghostbusters just so you can start the review with finally a movie I wanted to see and was glad I saw. <laughs> what of this one by ignorance and mm-hmm. uh the the Green Knight by force. <laughs> uh because the director made you go where you didn't want to go in that. Um speaking of which, the last duel. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was terrible segue but uh I, I, i've not read this so i didn't quite know what it was about i knew there was friendship involved and friendship that spoils into uh adversary you know to abbas you know, friends go into adversaries and ben affleck was the the baron that was in the midst of it all he was a baron right yeah in the midst of it all i said this is interesting um and the the little bit of, i saw I, I didn't. I guess I didn't really pay that much attention to it. I was mm-hmm. just like, okay, great. Um, you know, I enjoy period movies like this. You know, uh, uh, you know, Braveheart. You know, even though with all of its inaccuracies and everything, it's still close to my heart. Braveheart's uh, great, but we Braveheart's still lost great. a lot of good horses that day. Yeah, we lost a lot of good horses that day as well. <laughs> Oof. Uh, and that one dude that got shot in the butt cheek with an arrow. <laughs> Well, well, you shouldn't lift up your kilt and moon the opposing army. There you go. There it is. <laughs> so, um, but when they put that blue face paint on, that thing weird things happened. <laughs> Boy, if I had a nickel, every time I put, <laughs> every time I put blue face paint on, and weird things happened. Anyway, uh, fun fact: that is a psychedelic drug that they used to spread on their faces. That anyway, makes sense. Uh, <laughs> um, so when I went to see it, I. Up, oh, Ronnie froze. Um, all right. So, well, no. Ronnie. Oh, there you are. Oh, that. Oh, sorry, we dropped out, didn't we? Yeah, you, um, you froze for a moment. 
Yeah, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it necessarily wasn't a, a slow burn, mm-hmm. um, but it had its slow moments. But it still it 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 it, it met everything with, um, like I, I guess you could say, uh, it, it compensated. Well, you know, your action scenes where uh, Damon would go off to war. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and win for his, you know, king and country and baron and all this other stuff. And, you know, there was a lot of, you know, what I felt was not character development, but character explanation. Yeah. Um, you saw each one from their own eyes. Sorry, let's go ahead. And um, normally we just read through the entire plot synopsis and then we have a back and forth discussion. People yeah. have heard Daniel Hollywood before. We, You know how this goes. Because of the way this is broken up and because it's, it's because of that, it's a very long synopsis. We're going to stop and talk about each section. Okay. So chapter, so the whole thing begins in 19, in uh, 1386. Marguerite de Carouche claims to have been raped by her husband's best friend and squire, Jacques Legris. Her husband, Jean de Carouche, challenges him to trial by combat, the last legally sanctioned duel in France's history. The events leading up to the duel are divided into three chapters, reflecting the perspectives of de Carouche. Grise and Marguerite, respectively. All right, so chapter one. De Carouge is a soldier known for his fiery temper and combat prowess and the occasional terrible decision. <laughs> um, serving, <laughs> serving at Limoges uh, in the Caroline War. Sweet Caroline. Alongside the squire Legris. When Count Pierre... Uh, Alisson is named De Carouge's overlord by his cousin King Charles the Sixth. Both De Carouge and the Greece swear their fealty to him. The Greece then visits De Carouge's and informs him that Deus Alisson has ordered all of his new vassals to pay their war levies. De Carouge explains he lacks the funds to pay, and Legree agrees to ask De Lanson to who has come to trust him as a confidant and advisor for leniency. To restore his finances, De Carouge marries Marguerite de Simonville Rougevelle and receiving a large dowry from her father that includes valuable estates. However, he learns that one particularly desirable piece of land has already been seized by fuck it, Ben Affleck. Yeah, there given, you go. <laughs> and given to Legree. When De Carouge sues for the land to be given to him. The king tosses out the lawsuit. The count retaliates by appointing Legree to the captaincy of a fort that de Carouge's family had held for generations. De Carouge is furious and suspects Legree has turned Ben Affleck against him. While campaigning in Scotland, he is knighted for bravery, but returned home to be told by his wife that Legree raped her while she was alone in their home. Knowing that Ben Affleck protects Legree, Carouge resolves to challenge him to a duel. All right. So this whole setup here where it's told from three different perspectives, I think was an interesting idea. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, and again, I don't want to get too far ahead because you no, can no. still read the, the two other the two other parts of the book of the movie. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't love the execution of this structure. Um, I get it. The perspectives are too similar. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of get things from Adam Driver's point of view when his parts up, and certainly like Matt Damon's perspective who you see first. Yes. Like, you you know, you're definitely made to sympathize with him at first. He's a loving you hear, husband in this. 
but then, but then you hear Adam Driver's point of view, and it's like, okay, I get it. By the time you get to Marguerite, I'm like, I have already seen way too much of this. Yeah, and they tried for the, and I'll let you weigh in on on this in just a second. But they they tried to differentiate the three perspectives enough, and the same events being told from three different perspectives enough that it wasn't like completely boring. Um, and certainly the things that happened in the movie, to me, were not necessarily boring. I mean, boring can be a very subjective thing. But I yeah. did find that by the third time they went through the same sequence of events, even told differently, I was like, I just want him to get to the duel at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this, this may have needed another pass through editing. Little one. Two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it two and a half? Yeah, it was uh like 150 some minutes. So the first one, you you are made to sympathize with uh, uh, Matt Damon's character. Um, you see him as a very loving and very doting husband, right? Um, who wants nothing but the best for his wife, who is compassionate and passionate about her, with her, and with you know, passionate about her, compassionate with her, um still a stern man, still a, still a strong man, still a warrior, mm-hmm. but has a soft touch when it comes to her. And he has a soft spot in his heart for her. You know, I think his, they do reveal his... in the beginning, even from his perspective, he messed up Limoges, uh, Limoges right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So he is made to pay his entire fortune in taxes. Right. Correct. And now to get that money back to re redo his finance get his finances back he has to go on go to more battles more wars he gets sent off right and and then knighted and you know and and you know instead of celebrating this and living his life with his wife on the track of land that he wanted he gets screwed over by his best buddy who decides to yeah go ahead it's an interesting story because essentially from his point of view adam driver dicked over well, Adam Driver takes everything that he has. Yeah. Like, you know, from, from Matt Damon's perspective, he, ha- he has been put upon and abused by his one-time friend who, who, who up until the point where he assaults his wife, Adam Driver had a lot of patience. Yeah. Like, when you see his perspective, which we'll talk about in a minute, you know, you, you come to realize that Matt Damon's character is a douchebag. You know? They're both and, douchebags. Well, one's a rapist. But but before he was a rapist, he wasn't as much of a douchebag as he was, Damon was. Well, in my mind, they are one and the same person. Okay. Okay. Um, because they are they're both squires, they're both working on the same period. I think they're one and the same. I, I now would Matt Damon's character do the same thing that Matt uh, that Adam Driver's character would? I don't know. But what we see is uh jealousy from both. Mm-hmm. Talking from both and coveting what both have. Yeah. Matt well, Damon covet, covets the friendship and the wealth that he gets from being with the Baron. I I feel like Adam Driver, from his point of view, he didn't necessarily start to covet. He didn't necessarily covet what Matt Damon wanted up until the point where they have their reconciliation at Adam Driver's, whatever that was. And he coveted his neighbor's wife. And and that's when Adam Driver gets the hots for Marguerite mm-hmm. and things go downhill. But up until that point, Matt Damon lost his fortunes and lost his land and lost things to Adam Driver's character 
One, because Ben Affleck favored him in the first. Like, if anyone's like another douchebag in this movie, it's it's Ben Affleck's character. Um, That's Adam a Driver's, given. So, I don't know if this might sound familiar to you, but imagine there's a guy who's caught between two two friends who don't like each other. You know, maybe they don't want to record podcasts with each I've other. I've been there. Um. So, uh, <laughs> you know, like your your friends with both sides. <laughs> I see and, what you did there, sir. <laughs> And one friend's like, rah, 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 and the other friend's like, rah, 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 and you're just kind of caught in the middle. You're like, don't fight, girls. You're both pretty. Um, that's kind of where Adam Driver is between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. And Ben Affleck, I think, recognizes Matt Damon's talent as a soldier, but that's not even like it. It's not like he was without fault there either. There's the one scene where where they're like, we were told hold the bridge and. Matt Damon's like, no, charge forward, and they lose the battle anyway because of his hastiness, if he, I remember correctly. And, like, and, and Ben Affleck's like pissed at him about it. And he admits that he messed up. Right. Um, here's what I'm thinking about Adam Driver. Why I think they're one and the same. I think that Adam Driver flaunted what he was getting in front of Matt Damon's face just okay. a bit. Because, okay. yes, he did cost him that battle. And this is where you could have been, sir, but you're not because you, you messed up. And because you screwed up, I get this stuff. And it goes down the line that he gets all this stuff, and I don't think he found it up until, like, I, I think he wasn't necessarily a bad friend, but, like, the the whole point of it behind, you know, where, uh when when Ben Affleck gives Driver the land, he's like mm -hmm. he even says, "But isn't this the land that's supposed to go to Damon and the dowry?" He goes, "Doesn't matter. It's mine. I'm giving it to you." Yeah, that that becomes a bone of contention. It's why it's hard to talk then, about this movie in parts because there's a whole section that's just dedicated to like he's suing us for land that was never his. Personally, well, it would have been, but they took it by force. You know what I'm, I mean? And I mean, at they, what point, they, though, are you are you no longer that collection? Yeah, but at what point? Well, it wasn't. They just he Adam Driver wanted it. They wanted okay, that, person, that part. I, I I'm implying that, that it was implied in the movie that Adam Driver wanted it because it was going to be Matt Damon. But that seems to be yeah. your contention. That I think like, that's I think that's where it, where I think he had that little that little seed of contention in there. Of okay, so you, you you got us all boned in this battle by making a bad decision. Mm -hmm. uh, this land is mine now. Because at what point are you do you stop being a bro and say, you know, and and not say, hey man, you know that land that was supposed to be in your, your dowry. I'm getting it. Let's talk about this. What do you want to do? Before we wrap up the Matt Damon section, because we got to move on to yeah. Adam Driver. The one thing I thought was funny about Matt Damon's perspective is how he thought. And this is so, this is very true. You know, I think of like a lot of husbands, they're just like, they see themselves as being good husbands and, you know, use the word doting, doting on the wife and everything. And it's, and then it's so funny because then you get to Marguerite's perspective and it's completely turned on its head. And he, you know, and he comes across as oafish, but like the, 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 the cognitive dissonance that, that he displays, like, yes. I, and it's hard because this is also, again, you know, the 1300s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which yeah. is, I, I, you know, I was so funny as I was watching this, and then, and then I'll read the next section. As I was watching, I was thinking about you, and I was thinking about Cinderella and how nice it was 
<laughs> despite the fact that this is a very me too movie and very much like hey there's something going on in the culture right now that this time period which yeah i didn't think about that yeah this is this is even though that this whole that this takes Mark! place in the 1300s dang it i can see why this got greenlit <sighs> this is a very me too movie i didn't think about that oh did i ruin it for you even more no <laughs> it just makes well, me think more. Well, all right. Well, you kick the dog. I'm gonna I'm gonna Well, <laughs> here's a frog hemoth. Think about that. <laughs> all right, so this is the Adam Driver section. Lagree, a squire who rose from humble beginnings and briefly studied to become a monk, wins the trust of Ben Affleck by using his knowledge of math to fix the count's finances by collecting the debt owed to him by the vassals, earning a place at his side. By the way, I'm watching that sequence where he's going around collecting debts and just beating the shit out of people. I'm like, oh, that's where the mafia got it from. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Glad, glad that that glad that was connected for me. Yeah. Um, he attempts to use his new position to help Dick but when Ben Affleck showers agree with gifts, Dick Rouge becomes envious and openly mocks Legree, becoming a laughing stock among Ben Affleck's court for his childish outburst. Yeah, that was a cringy scene. It upon, was. upon seeing Marguerite for the first time, Legree is attracted to her and believes that she does not fully love her husband, who is illiterate, and sees her only as a means for him to acquire an heir. Marguerite ad admits to her friends that Legree is good-looking, but insists that her husband does not trust him. While Dicaruz is away, his mother takes the servants to help with her with errands that day, leaving Marguerite alone, which she was not supposed to do. A man knocks on the door, claiming his horse has thrown a shoe, and pleads with her to let him come in while waiting. She allows the man in, who is uh, followed quickly by Legree, who tells Marguerite he loves her. She insists that she is married and orders them to leave. Instead, Legree tells the other man to leave while he chases Marguerite up to her bedchamber. Legree then rapes her in his mind, despite her protests. <laughs> he believes that Marguerite must love him as well, so he had committed no crime. Before leaving, he threatens her not to tell her husband or else she will regret it. When de Carouge returns, he notes the odd way his wife is behaving and she tells him what happened. Then, because the rape is not only against his wife, but an affront to him, he determines to press his case against Legree. Count uh ben affleck ensures that no charges can be brought against his favorite prompting dicker rouge to go before the king and request a duel Legree, eager to save his honor accepts okay so let's just let's just get right into it the the rape scene it, obviously brutal obviously. and horrifying yeah. especially when you when you see it from marguerite's perspective uh. it's you know it's uncomfortable to watch to begin with but then when you see what really happened or at least in the mind of marguerite it's so much worse um well, but but what, thing, and i and i i almost hesitate to say this and then, and then i'll shut up i almost hesitate to say this because of the, because of the word i'm going to use but the scene between ben affleck and adam driver when they're discussing it and he goes like well she's a lady of course she protested she put up the necessary protest but clearly she wanted uh. it i laughed but not because like i i, I didn't feel sympathy towards marguerite it, that one that was clearly that was clearly written in there by people who feel like that's the kind of thing guys think and say. Yeah. You know, it that that is both a reflection of the time, I think, but also a reflection of modern times, as if yeah. guys have not changed at all right. in six, six, seven hundred years. Okay, so I get it. 
you know, uh, there are guys like this. Sure. And this power hungry guy, you know, and he is, he's power hungry, no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. He's going around collecting all these debts, sees this woman that he can't have. And because he can't have her, falls in love with her, or so he thinks. And because she's a lady, she wants it. Yeah. Even she's though she hard says to get. no, she's she playing hard she to get. She can't just throw herself on the... She can't just throw herself on the bed, spread eagle, and be like, "Come and get it, big boy." She has, right. She, you know, she has to maintain her dignity. But even in his point of view, and this is what I found—I don't want to say interesting, but this is what I, uh, stuck out to me. Even from his point of view, after the assault happens, and she's left crying, right? In both in. In both views, she is she is distraught, more distraught in one than the other, mm-hmm. more distraught in her view. He turns and looks at her, and even though in his own words she wanted it, you know, mm-hmm. he looks at her and thinks to say, "Oh, by the way, don't tell anybody that this happened because it could be very bad for you." If she was welcoming an affair a sexual encounter with this man, Mm -hmm. why would she tell anybody anyway? Right. So in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking even then, even though he knows he thinks he's right and she wanted it, he knows she's, he's wrong because he has to reiterate. Don't tell anybody or you could be looked at. I forget. He implies that he not implies, but he pretty much says out loud that, well, you're a woman. Your husband's going to kill you. you. Yeah. Your husband yeah. will kill you. Nobody will believe you. You'll be labeled a whore or whatever. Right. You know, you, but he said your husband will kill you and nobody will believe you. Right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this makes, and I think that's also where my complete hatred of that character mm-hmm. kicked in. Yeah, like I said before, <clears throat> I, I think when you compare, because Matt Matt Damon, going back to this, he, he comes across, even from his point of view, as really oafish. And, you know, and in the description of, you know, the plot description, he's described as childish, and that's all very true. Yeah. Um, he, see, he seems to see Marguerite as one of his properties and not as a person. But again, how much of that reflects the actual time that they were in? And that, that was one of the things I actually wanted to compliment the movie for is they really did manage to work in a lot of modern themes without going full Cinderella, you know, and 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 have it be. That's what I, mean, I was thinking about you while I was watching this. I was like, I was like, oh, finally, you know, finally a movie that at least appropriately represents the time it's being um, it, it's talking about as opposed to Cinderella, where it was like, I want to open up a dress shop. OK, sure. Um, yeah, that was just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um going back to going back to this it's like that's what i mean when you see, when you see it from matt damon's point of view i still have sympathy for adam driver he still doesn't come across nearly as negative as he does in his own perspective because up to a point like you see him as a cad you know he's he's sleeping with all these different women and you know he's clearly yeah. He's really <clears throat> taking advantage of the fact that Ben Affleck favors him, which mm-hmm. is all fine. He's, you know, there's nothing wrong with any of that. And you don't, and I don't necessarily see him as a bad guy until the rape happens. And then he's like, look, for your own sake, 
like I, I get what you're saying. I think on some level he knew he did a bad thing, but then again, that cognitive dissonance where you just said, and it's like, you know, it's only a bad thing because we don't want this, you know, we don't want this nutcase to get all out of hand. He's right. already embarrassed himself at least two or three times. Um, and of course that makes him seem like a scumbag. The other thing I wanna I wanna note is uh, what's the actress's name? Um, the woman who plays Marguerite, uh, Jodie Comer. She's really she's the best part of this movie. She her her performance is her fantastic. performance is outstanding. Yeah, and you know, like having been, I, I I think I've talked about. I used to be an extra in Hollywood, and they'll do several takes on the same thing just to get it from different angles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's assuming you get it right every single time. Sometimes mm-hmm. you got to redo stuff because people drop a line or their you know, their blocking is off or whatever. You imagine how many takes it took to get the different perspectives without having to do multiple takes, you know, and I bring that up because look at how she, like, there's a great way that she runs up the stairs from his perspective where she's kind of doing like a, like, chase me, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Backwards me, a back pedal. Yeah. And looking behind her and all this other stuff. Right. When you see it from her perspective, she's just running in sheer she, terror. Yes. She not looking behind her, running up the stairs, mm-hmm. uh, trying to shut the door behind her. Every, yeah. You know, and I all the credit in the world to Jodie Comer for being able to put on that kind of physical performance. Absolutely. And find the nuances in just running upstairs. Yeah. Because that, that was one of the few times I was really interested in seeing the same scene twice. Yeah. I, I was, I was right there with you. I noticed that as well. And uh, it's just, it, it you know, it shows the different perspectives of what's going on in each person's mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, something as simple as that. He think you know, he, he sees it as a playful gesture of come mm-hmm. get me, come get me. And she's just flat out. No, I, I need to get away from you. Uh, so here's another problem I have with this movie. We can talk about this now because we've talked about the two different male perspectives on this thing. Um, As I keep saying, Matt Damon through all three perspectives comes across to one level or another as an idiot douchebag adam driver is okay in my opinion you seem to see more negative negativity in him than i do until the rape scene at which point you know he's a horrible rapist and absolutely now your two male leads like you you want to see them both die yeah (laughs) matt uh, matt damon comes a becomes a very unsympathetic soft reset unsympathetic character when you see it from her perspective very cold, right. very distant, and then she tells him about the assault, about the rape, and he says, "Okay, well, get in bed anyway. I'm not going to let him be the last man to have you." Yeah, that <laughs> that was really rough. Mother, that was uncomfortable. What the crap? I was so uncomfortable. I was shifting around in my seat, looking down at my feet. I was there by myself, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "Man, I am so glad I didn't ask anybody to come see this with me." Yeah, it's not. This is you not know? a good date movie. No. You know, my wife who likes like Downton, Downton Abbey and you know Outland. No, she didn't like Outlander. She gave up on that show. <laughs> too much ass sex, from from what I understand. Um, but too much. What? But she liked. Um, oh God, Rain on the CW. She oh liked, yeah. So like all that. yeah. So she likes all these shows that you know uh, the Crown. You know that the talk about yeah you know, the uh, the ro- the royal family in England fiction or otherwise. Yeah. Um. So she likes all that stuff. So she was actually so when we went when we saw the eyes of Tammy Faye, we saw the trailer for the last duel. And she's like, "Oh, we should go see this together because I like this kind of thing." And I'm like, "Ben Affleck and Adam Driver are going to hit each other in the face with axes. 
you couldn't get through the dark side of the ring episode on XPW or FMW oh. for that matter. Uh, yeah, like oh, you're wow. you're not going to do well with this. He's like, no, I like this sort of thing. I'm like, no, like you like medieval, you don't like blood, and that's what this movie's going to be. So I, you know, I left her at home, and it was much <laughs> worse than blood. <laughs> yeah, I to your point. I almost took my wife on a date to see this movie Oof. until both of us thought better of I'm it. I'm so glad. Yeah. So, yeah, I was also alone in the theater. <laughs> Just <laughs> tired once again and hoping it would end quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Okay. So, we've gone through each perspective. We went Can we talk about this fight scene? Oh, we, right. I thought we went okay. through her. No. Let's, her all right, let me do that real quick. So, yeah. Marguerite. So Marguerite enters a marriage with Dick Haruz and quickly sets about helping him restore his neglected estate. Unfortunately, their marriage is soon strained by her failure to become pregnant. When Dick Haruz leaves Scotland, he orders her not to leave the castle and not to let anyone inside. Legree shows up with a friend who blah, blah, yakety schmackety, same thing, rape, uh, chases her up the stairs and rapes her. When Dick Haruz returns, he is enraged and forces Marguerite to sleep with him immediately so that her last partner was not Legree. Marguerite soon becomes pregnant and Dick Haruz's mother warns her against bringing Legree to trial revealing that she was also raped when she was young and argues that what Legree did is no different. Again, and I kept, I was thinking about the plane ride from hell episode of Dark Side of the Ring where they're like, Terry, don't sell it, Terry, don't sell it, Terry, don't sell it. Yes. You know, it's like, I wonder why women are mad. Right. (laughs) You know, it's the 1300s and it's not that much different from what you know women are told and, and sort of groomed to th- believe and think now when she said this happened to me too but it's just mm-hmm. part of who we are right kind it's, of a deal they're like women get raped it's what happens like Hand you know in the hair get some thicker skin grabbing it and pulling it <laughs> arm on the seat or i mean uh elbow on the arm of the chair <laughs> and audibly going what in God's name well, is this movie. It's a multi-layered line because it yeah. also talks, you know, it talks to how women sometimes can be the least sympathetic towards other women. Yeah. When they are the victims of molestation and assault. Right. In harassment. You know, I think about modern times and it's like, oh, he made me blow him to get a part in the movie. Great. Who hasn't blown Harvey Weinstein to get a part in a movie? You know, it's like <laughs> I haven't yet. Um, whoa, <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, like other women are like that, you know, can be like that. They're just like, I don't feel sorry for, for, for you. You don't like it, don't you know, t- t- you don't like it, don't be an actress in Hollywood, right? Like, right, just right. not the right attitude to have. But, like, I think like, generational abuse in women produces a lot of hostility and resentment. And come on, you know, it's your turn to take it in the ass from you know, from the entire male gender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like everyone gets a turn. You're not special, and it's like at women like actively working against the betterment of women in society because they don't want to be the last generation to have that shit happen. Right. Um. Well, so it's just, that, it, that's Ma- what that line spoke to for Matt me. Damon. Said it. I don't want him to have the, be the last person to have you. Right. I mean, like that's that that just says it. I don't want this to be the last generation to have put up with this i don't want this i don't want me to be the only person to have experienced this pain do does every woman think that no but there are women like that and there are right. men that that don't give a crap either you know there are things you know um 
To, to conclude, at Legree's yeah. trial, the judges interrogate Marguerite harshly very and remains resolute that subject. she is telling the truth. Although it is rare now, Charles VI decides that a duel is necessary to settle the dispute, but Marguerite is warned that she will be tortured and burned alive <laughs> like you do if her husband loses, which she had not known when she made the crime public. Oh. Marguerite gives birth to her son days before the duel is set to take place. I got to talk real... I, I, I want to finish this so that we can just talk about the movie, but the trial scene cracked me up because again, I'm sure people you, thought it at the time, but that line about well, if you if you finished, if you orgasmed, if you, if you orgasmed, it wasn't rape. It's right. just science. You clearly enjoyed it, and if you enjoyed it, it's not rape. And it's like, oh, if you, you, if you, you did, did orgasm, yeah, it, it's yeah. not rape. It's science. It, yeah, it, that that's just science. And it's and there, look, I could make an argument for a lot of the lines in this movie being reflective of how they think people thought at the time. Then there's lines like that, like, no, 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 no. You clearly put that in there <laughs> as an editorial on, on people's behavior and, and thoughts today. That's, oh, my gosh. I, 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 they I, may yeah. have thought that back then, but and then someone may have actually said it, but that line was clearly written for that reason. Like, I, I don't know what they thought of that stuff back then. I haven't sure. done the research. Don't want to do the research. Uncomfortable subject. <laughs> um, but, you know... <laughs> What what constituted as rape in the Middle Ages? Now I'm on a list. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know, thanks Google. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, it, it's with as well medieval as science was back mm -hmm. in the medieval times. That could have very well been the thought process of it. If mm -hmm. you did not climax, it was rape. If you did climax, it was not rape because you enjoyed it. Right. Um. And then, but the whole point where they go, it's just science. I was like throwing up the X in the middle of the ring going, nope, <laughs> heavy handed. There yeah. has been an injury in this match. <laughs> we need to call it. Um, I was thinking about, in all seriousness, though, I was also thinking about, you know, women who, again, going back to like Terry Runnels. And if you're yeah. just a movie person, you don't know any wrestling. There's a woman who used to be a wrestling manager she was the manager for, if, if you know the character, Goldust. And, you know, she was talking about how she would be sexually harassed all the time by the wrestlers. And, you know, there being a culture of acceptance about it. And, you know, and a culture of, um, you know, telling women to not, when they say don't sell it, telling women, like, don't talk about it, don't react to it. You know, it's like, it's like a child misbehaving, mm -hmm. you know, for attention. Like, the more attention you give it, the worse it gets. Um not to mention, you know, if you're a rabble rouser, and this is more to the point, you know, so many women for, for generations were told, don't speak up about harassment um, in the work or, or school or whatever, because, you know, the, the squeaky wheel can be removed. Right, right, right. You know, I know the squeaky wheel gets the most oil, but the squeaky wheel can also be taken off the car and thrown into the ditch. You know, you too can yeah. be replaced. So... You know, when I was so I was thinking about that with like, you know, how that works uh, within the confines of the script, but also as a metaphor for real life with Marguerite, where look at how she's treated at that trial. Yeah. Like she goes ahead and says, this man committed, you know, felonious sexual assault. Yeah, but you're a whore, you know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you look at history, you know that that women were treated less than uh, that sure. as less than human. Um, they were property more than they were uh, a partner. 
And, um, you know, obviously that's not supposed to be black people in America get the right to vote before women. Um, women didn't get to vote until 1920 something. Yeah. I think. Right. Um, so maybe. Yeah. It's just like, but that's, that's the point you're, you're driving at. It's like, you know, some of the, some, some of the worst treatment towards that minorities in history is still sometimes better than how we treated women. Yeah. 1920 actually. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so there's no good way to Google this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. My, my only point in bringing that up is, you know, the, the film, the film talks to, you know, the idea of how women were treated in days of antiquity, but how some of those things still remain part of the culture today and we're actively butting up against it now. I mean, it's all over TikTok. Have you sure, seen some of yeah. these things? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My God, no, the Lord. week of the Texas fucking abortion ban. Yikes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I, I stayed off of TikTok for a very, very long time. Yeah. Suddenly everyone went from yelling about COVID and, vac- and not getting vaccinated to yelling about the Texas abortion ban. All right, let, let me finish this up here. Um, the duel begins with Descarouge and the Greek jousting until both men lose their mounts and then fight hand-to-hand. Descarouge is stabbed in the thigh but eventually manages to pin down Legree. He demands that Legree confess or face eternal damnation, but Legree refuses and once more claims his innocence. Descarouge stabs him through the mouth, killing him. No longer a prisoner, Marguerite is unchained and allowed to go to her husband as Legree's body is stripped naked and taken away to be strung up for public display. Descarouge leaves on horseback and basks in the glory of his victory as Marguerite falls quietly behind. A textual epilogue reveals that Descarouge died fighting in the Crusades a few years later, while Marguerite continued managing his estate, living in peace for the remaining 30 years of her life, and never marrying again. Because really, mm. why would you? Yeah, um, I mean... All right, so I've been talking a lot. What did you you know, think overall, especially of the... I know you wanted to talk about the duel, so let's focus on that. The duel is one of the, one of the best medieval fight scenes i've seen in a long time mm-hmm. absolutely completely brutal um the, the 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 fight scenes you see in like lord of the rings and uh, uh even down to game of thrones where they flourish and spin and flip their sword around and all that mm-hmm. not not realistic surf on an elephant yeah i well that part is um <laughs> seen it happen but uh but all the you know i mean i've i've watched the techniques it's enjoyable to watch i love it don't get me wrong you Mm -hmm. know the whole first fight scene in in the witcher series where he's flipping the sword around and you know stabbing people in the neck and all this stuff it's wonderful i mean it's it's so cool to watch but when you watch this one it is very much just a long sword back then was meant to cut limbs off yeah and you know and and disembowel and the way he grabbed a blade with his 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 gauntlet hand you know the gauntlet on his hand to fight with it and jab and smack and all this other stuff it was so it was just a brutal fighting style mm-hmm. and 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 they really brought this in uh into this movie now i've always thought jousting was cool but stupid it's it okay. is. I mean, you just get two big sticks and ride at each other. Okay, but My, isn't jousting like taken from the actual, um, the actual like cavalry riding? You know, where where mount where people are on mounted uh, horseback. You know, and they're charging into an army with with uh, not spears, but 
Yeah, um, with you know, pikes and everything else. Yeah. Yes. Once you meet, you're either knocked off your horse and you get your sword mm-hmm. and go, or you're dead. I'm just saying, like, like it comes from the actual, like, a- the actual tools they use in war. Right, but they only well, they were one use. These guys mm-hmm. are are breaking them on each other and then grabbing another one and going for round two right. and three and four. I, I've that's just why I think jousting's dumb. Okay, but they, you know, they eventually got into where they had to go hand to hand with axe and sword and shield and dagger, mm-hmm. and you know, just the end where he puts the blade in his mouth and knees the back of his head under the blade, and ends the whole fight. Made me physically go, "Oh God!" Like yeah, that in the middle of the theater, and it was amazing because everybody joined in me, in well, with me. My it's- observation of the duel was for me was like. This wasn't in any way pretty or stylized. No, not at you know, all. Like they were doing things like hitting each other in the back, and then when the when you weren't looking, and like, you know, when you look at like say like mm-hmm. Darth Vader or even better, like um, you know, what do you call it? Um, Darth Maul, yeah, and um, Qui Gon and and Ben Kenobi. You know how the spinning pretty and the flipping, right? And the, you, you know. know, it's like no. it's like a Young Bucks match. Yeah, where, yes. where, <laughs> super where, kick party. Right, where this is very much like a like a Luthes wrestling match, where yes, you, you know, these guys are really trying to kill each other, and it shows. And the in Ridley Scott's direction style in the duel was very much of the yeah, don't make it look like you're cooperating. Try right. to murder each you're other, mur- and like it's always like the same thing. Like I think like Rocky Five, you know, yeah, he, you know, I mean, he might not have been able to beat Tony Morrison in the ring, but in the street fight, he's fucking like elbowing him in the he eye. Just messed him up. Yeah. Well, it's it's the difference between a um, uh, Muhammad Ali match, mm-hmm. like a butterfly sting with a bee, sing like a bee, to Mike Tyson. I'm going to eat your face <laughs> and your children and your children. Yeah, I, I'm 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 going to eat his children. Mm-hmm. What the heck, man? And you believe he was going to do it because <laughs> right. he was a little bit crazy. And you know, it, it was it was between you know Muhammad Ali knew how to put on a good fight and float around and. And he still won and everything else. You know, he hit hard. He moved fast and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mike Tyson just went in to crush your face in and won in 30 seconds. Sure. And that's what it, that's the difference in these other movies and this movie. This was very much like a Mike Tyson fight. They were doing anything to win, and they were going to win at all costs. Now, what I saw in this and the metaphor that I got from this was he got that Matt Damon got stabbed in the leg and was just pouring blood. You thought he was going to lose. And if he lost, that means he was guilty right. of lying. And he turns around. He beats the piss out of Adam Driver, gets him down, runs a knife through the back of his head, kills him. Um, and then he stands up half dead. <laughs> and he wins. Yeah. Which tells me that the way they thought, you know, if you win, God, God is on your side and you're not guilty. I but how remember. not guilty is he? Right. I can't remember if it was in the movie or not, or if it was just in the trailer, but there's a, a great exchange between Jodie Comer and Matt Damon where he's like, I'm doing this for you. She's like, you're doing this for yourself. Yeah. And at the end, like he's like a professional wrestler. He's got his hands in the air, you know, yeah. he's doing like, he was doing like this, you know, I'm not just kidding. Um, it's almost, no, it's, <laughs> it's almost like, you you see the the reality come out at the end of the fight. It very Adam much was Driver, about him. Adam Driver was guilty, right? Matt Damon's still pretty much a dick, but he won. 
Right. And, and so it's like, and it's not like I have killed this man for the honor to save the honor and integrity of my wife. I killed this man because I fucking hate him. I killed this man because he dishonored me and my possessions, including right. my wife. Right. And she knows it too. She's oh, yeah. like, she That's knows, she's fallen, fallen him five steps behind. Well, it's funny because, like, in her mind, she's like, no, 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 no. A grave injustice was committed. Are we, are we not a na- are we not a modern nation of laws? Are we not France? Are we yeah. not the are we not peak civilization for this time period? She's like, and someone commit and someone broke the law, and he yeah. needs to be punished. Yeah, and that's all she's after. She's like, you know, it was funny. I I, I don't know if you watch um, impeachment on FX, Mm-mm. but the Paula Jones character quote-unquote in the show she, when they when they at least as, as far as the show goes who knows what happened in real life but right. she's like i just want bill clinton to apologize to me he shouldn't have tried to kiss me in a closet you know I mean, and, yeah. all, and, all, and there's all this like other stuff that gets that gets thrown in there but all but paul but the, all they ever have paula jones saying is i just wanted an apology you know and then and that seems to be like marguerite's like motivation here it's like i I don't deserve no woman does to be raped and he should be punished for it. And then by the end of this, and this is the point that I'm getting to, it's so not about her. No, this was totally about Matt Damon excising his hatred of his friend who he feels got the largesse and the better of him at every turn. And in, in even raping his wife, you know, it was like this guy this guy gets me every time I turn around. He's always taking something from me. And then he rapes my wife. And it's like, can I have anything without Get in bed, dick in it? He'll not be the last to have you. Right. That said it all right there. Right. And it's like, I think, you know, the, the different perspectives play around with the idea of whether or not Marguerite really loved him. And what is love in, thir- in the 1300s? You know, yeah. when it's tied to property and all it of that. It was security, it was property, it was wealth. It but was, I think the way that know. she's portrayed is that she let herself believe that there was some semblance of affection between the two of them yeah. until the very end of the movie when she suddenly realizes, this man doesn't love me. Yeah, He just loves my doggy style. Uh, no, he, he just loves my large tracts of land. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> Tracks of land. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 that. And then, and then, you know, he beats Adam Driver. He does his Triple H water spit in mm-hmm. the air, yeah, right. Um, and everything. <laughs> they walk out, and then the Jawas come out and strip Adam Driver clean <laughs> and haul him off. Peter hanging out in the wind and hang him upside down, singing ding 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 <laughs> right. ding ding ding. I mean, it's just like they strip him naked and they take his stuff. And they're like, right. hey, your Johnson's hanging out. Let's show everybody and hang you up by your feet. <laughs> and like that one caught me off guard. I was like, well, not only do we have to put up with, you know, the uncomfortable racing, there's Adam Driver's dick. Every time you suggest we see a movie, uh, Ron, somebody's Johnson's dick, hanging out. Someone's I dick get is it. hanging out. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. I don't mean a kink shame, but you've got weird fetishes. I know. No, don't you don't you put that on me. <laughs> so what, what, you know, if Paul Rudd pulls his dick out in Ghostbusters, we're through. If Paul Rudd, if Paul Rudd pulls his member out in Ghostbusters, <laughs> something went wrong somewhere. <laughs> something has Paul gone wrong in editing. 
<laughs> oh no, you've rocked the, you've locked the wrong reel. Um all right, so let's wrap this up and then we can move on to the last two segments here and close out for the night. I didn't hate this movie. I think I think it looks I think in terms of the brutality, what they what Ridley Scott was going for and you know, and capturing the gritty realism of medieval uh France, I think I think it succeeds there. I think the performances are really, really great. I think the movie has a nice, authentic look. I mean, who knows what the 1300s really looked like, but I think they went out of their way to take you to a place that seemed very real and very, um, you know, you could physically touch it. You know, it, it seemed like that's what it would have been like back then. You know, it isn't like like it was like a Guy Ritchie's Robin Hood where he's using a bow and arrow like a machine gun. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that I hated was that movie. I hated that movie. Um, anyway, uh, what I, I, the one, just the, the one thing I didn't like about it, and then I'll give you the last word. I talked about this at the top of the show, and it needs reiteration. Too much repetition. It's a nice idea that they were going for three different perspectives, but I, I, you only really needed to see the rape scene from the two different perspectives. And it almost needed a little bit more contrast. It's a little too similar. Um, but everything else, like, to go as far back as they do with Matt Damon and Adam Driver in both of their sequences, all the way up to the point of the rape and the trial and everything, it's like, there's two, you know, two and a half hours, there's way too much repetition in this movie. Yeah, I do not love the structure of it. So for me, it was, when it was over, I definitely felt like, but this, despite the rape and the mistreatment of women, all of that, I just was like, okay, I, I now have something to talk about with Ronnie, but I've had, I've had a better two and a half hours at the movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and have oh, the last God, word here. Yes, absolutely. It was, I mean, okay. So uh, all in all, it's a C out yeah. of a, a through F for me. Um, maybe a b minus the story is great i mean i get it mm -hmm. um the movie drug because of the three different perspectives uh they did not need to make the rape scene as long and drawn out and see it from two different perspectives like you did uh i i mean i understand why the I don't want to say importance of it to the story, but I guess you have to. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it's just one of those things where you're like, I, I don't want to see that. Um, <clears throat> but uh, it, it, like you said, it's just too drawn out and they go back too far in each perspective. Um, you could have even just had one overlaying perspective of what happened and then maybe, you know, and, and do shorter the, the three, the three different, stories shorter mm -hmm. um it, like you said it needed another small pass through editing and going on but the what brought it back was the actual duel for me and the the symbolism of both of them one losing and one almost losing mm -hmm. just to show that you know he's not as innocent as he thinks he is sure um is how i took it you know he he, he got he, man he was spurting blood out of his leg you know he could have died he could have bled out but he didn't. Uh, but it, it, it's one of those things where, like, you know, I, you can take it like, like I took it as, like I said, he almost died, so he's not as innocent as he thinks he is. But he he's too stupid to realize that at the end. 
All right, what do you, you think of the music? I don't remember the music. I was too busy cringing. Well, I assure you. No, it was, it was good. It was good. <laughs> I was gonna say, I assure you, there was music in this. There was music. I mean, it's just it's it it it, it was period. It was period perfect. I guess you could say, or period right, uh, even for you know music, uh, you know through the movies. But when I think of music like that, man, I I think of like you know for movies, you know movie soundtracks. You know, my, one of my favorites, Lord of the Rings. Oh, um, Howard Shore is fantastic. Yeah, or even you know, if you ever listen to, if you ever seen Last of the Mohicans with Daniel Day Lewis, that mm-hmm. soundtrack is incredible. Well, if you want to hear any of those soundtracks, any of the Howard Shore, Lord of the Rings, the Braveheart soundtrack is fantastic. I actually used to own oh, that. Yeah, uh, that's it makes my shit. heart swell. Absolutely. Um, you should click the link in our description of this podcast for a free thirty day trial of the Amazon Music Unlimited service 30 full um, days if you complete the sign up process uh you'll get free 30 days you can download and stream all the music you want zillions and zillions of songs on amazon it's fantastic definitely give it a shot um and if you don't like it after 30 days you can cancel it with no problem at all there's no contracts there's no problems most people keep it most people love it and they enjoy them. like who doesn't want a soundtrack to their life you know if you what if you're out there in the world and you feel like you need to show pull up your kilt and show people your ass wouldn't you like to have a nice soundtrack to that <laughs> so oh amazon went uh, yeah this is good what what did uh, you say okay so somebody wrote in here i'll put this on screen here you had to give a good show before the blow-off. Otherwise, there would be no meaning to the fight, the give and the take. And I agree with that. I, I think you're right. Spike, you, yes, absolutely. Spike is a uh, is actually a friend of mine. Okay. Uh, yeah, and he's he's listening to our show tonight. And, and uh, uh, But I agree with you on that as well. All right. And with that, let's go ahead and talk about how little money this made. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. All righty. Can I say how much I was not prepared for that? You were not prepared for Here Comes the Money? Scared the urine out of me. Do you not listen to any day? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) But I mean, I've not been on one recently that has Here Comes the Money. Okay, that we didn't and do the money for the for the Green Knight. No, we actually did not do. The money. Oh, okay. Well, this thing had a hundred million dollar budget. It's made so far, and this is now two weeks out. It came out the same weekend as Halloween Kills. Ten bucks. Yeah, it's uh, just about seventeen point seven million dollars. Oh, um, I, I mentioned this before. Budget. I mentioned this before, and boy, if you weren't ready for here comes somebody. Let me tell you, uh, you're not going to be ready for the fact that this thing bombed. <laughs> Anywho, got back to Ronnie face palming. <laughs> um, so let's talk about this past weekend. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it said domestic 2021 wasteland. <laughs> That's also true. Um, actually, let's go back a week. Uh, Woo! All right, so. Money. 
on the weekend of its debut, the weekend of the October 15th through the 17th, again, uh, Halloween Kills, which we talked about when we reviewed that movie. Yeah. Halloween Kills was the number one movie of the weekend. The Last Duel Rightfully came so. in at number five behind No Time to Die, which was in its second week. Venom, which is in its third week. And um, Time to suck. And The Adams Family 2, which was PVOD and in theaters. And that was also in its third week. Uh, it overtook Shang Chi, but Shang Chi's been in the movie since the beginning of September. So <laughs> the beginning you know. of time, apparently, not right now. <laughs> um, so it grossed almost five million in its first weekend. Ouch, um, man, yeah, not not good. Um, this past weekend, the October twentieth through the twenty fourth, so it's now two weekends in theaters. It dropped from five, where it debuted, to number seven. Uh, Ron's gone wrong, pushed it out of the fifth spot and, <laughs> and, and pushed down Adam's family too, which dropped from four to six. And so yeah, I expect that um, it had a 55.5.9% drop. Um, no change in theaters, but um, yeah, no one's going to see this thing. And I'll tell you what the buzz on this has been from people uh, you know who study box office. I know like, box office is not your thing but you know i'm i i like it i'm i'm wonky when it comes no, to bo- that brings, box office studies yeah it's a great perspective on the show um and but that is to it. so the but, last duel obviously attracts like D nerds like ourselves people who like medieval stuff whatever um but it also much like cry macho was a few weeks ago meant for a skewing much older audience mm-hmm. you know it's meant for our parents age and they're now you know, the, in general, I shouldn't talk about my parents specifically because they they'll go see anything at any time, pandemic or no pandemic. But yeah. most the findings that uh, are being reported is that most elder folks, fifty and up, are not going to the movies, and so young people are not seeing this, and the elder people who would normally go see this are not going to the movies. So this thing has made a fraction of its budget. And uh, Disney, this is going to be a write down for Disney. This is going to, you know, somewhere in a ledger out there, they're looking at all the red that the Fox purchase has produced for Disney. <laughs> Buddy, I'm telling you. They, this thing's going to lose millions. Um, and, you know, it's just going to be a write down for Disney at this point. They can, you know, I think this will get some Oscar nominations. Um, it's been at, that okay. Save it. As the reason, okay, if Ben Affleck does not win Best Supporting Actor for the the ridiculous performance he put on in this, uh, I, I don't. There's there's, there's something wrong. I don't know if he'll win. So usually, it's like it's, you know, movies like Sad Piano, the movie, or you know, <laughs> black black and white hoity toity picture. Um, those are the ones that typically win things, not something like this. This uh, this, this might win some technical awards. Um, and they'll get nominated for a bunch of other stuff, but I don't think it's going to win anything. I'll tell you who needs to, you know, if anybody should get a nomination, it should be Jodie Comer. She's really uh, fabulous. In absolutely. This. So I hope she at least gets a nomination. I would not be surprised if she actually won um, just because she's so great in this. She really does put on a phenomenal performance. Matt Damon's uh, good, but he doesn't give out, he doesn't give that best actors, you know, or best, or even best supporting actor vibe. No, he plays He's good in everything he does. He's just, yeah. He's not dialing it in, but it's just one of those, it's it's not a, a role that sticks out for him. No. Um, all right, so that's really it on the money. This thing's uh this weekend 
coming up as we're recording this, we're recording this on a Sunday night. And the uh, the big Ronnie's going to be back with us again next week, as a matter of fact, because this Friday we have a day and date streamer um, that's on exclusive to Paramount Plus, Paramount Paranormal Activity Next of Kin. But in theaters, uh, we've got Last Night in Soho, which Ronnie Adams and um, Robert Winfrey are going to review with me. How do you feel about that? You get to be on a show with Robert. I've been on a show with Robert before. I think we'll, I think we'll have fun. I think we'll have be an interesting yeah. discussion. You know, this the I, I'm I'm literally looking forward to last night in Soho. Um, but more to the point, yeah, I can't imagine this is going to last too much long. I mean, it has to be. I think Disney said that there's a 45 day exclusive ex- exclusivity window before they can pull it out of theaters. But day 46 is going to come, and this this will be out of theaters and like on Hulu. Yeah, like that, <laughs> you know. Yeah, like, the last night in Soho. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, or, the last duel. The last yeah. duel. That's what I said. <laughs> I can't believe. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this is like technically a Disney film. Yep. Um, <laughs> not going on Disney Plus. That's for sure. No, not no. You're not gonna be able to like watch an episode of What If, and then all right, let's see a movie about a rape now. Right. It's like <laughs> I was sitting there going, you know, looking through all the movies on Disney Plus. I was like, where's Logan? Uh, Logan should be on. Oh, so yeah. You're in the chat with us. You know that you know. There's a lot of complaining that goes on about how there's no movies in the theaters for you know for people who want to watch an adult movie. And I don't mean like X-rated. I mean like, like something a little uh, bit more serious than like Shang Chi right. or Transformers or something. And you know when movies like this fail, it sort of throws kindling on the fire of that idea that either you get sad piano, the movie that's in there just to just, just to fill out the requisite to win a prize later on. Right. Or you get Michael Bay boom and there's nothing in the middle. Um, you go and, suck it up, go see bad, uh, go see sad piano. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this one <laughs> or sad piano too, bad piano. When, you know, it's this no, is not a no good motivation. movie for anyone to see. Well, to say there's no motivation to keep making movies like this and putting them in right. theaters because no, if no, you know, pandemic or no pandemic, no one's going to go see them. They you know they they see like if, here's the thing. I think what's attracting people to people to the movies hurt. are are events, event movies. Right. This is not an event movie. This is something you watch at home. This is something I I think also the content of this movie is going to mm-hmm. hurt it quite a bit. Even at home, you know, people watching at home. Yeah. Whatever streaming service this comes to, Hulu or whatever, not many people are going to watch this because this is a hard subject for people to take in. Sure. I'm not going to watch it again. One, just because it was a slog (laughs) to get through. This is, this doesn't have high rewatchability for you. Oh, no. (laughs) All right. No. Let's believe it or not. All right, let's go ahead and do the critical review, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Are you ready? No! I said, are you ready? No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 All right. The critical review is brought to you by Grammarly. Grammarly's AI powered products help people communicate more effectively. 
Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you've ran on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. So download Grammarly today. Go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. That's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All righty. So the critics and the audience more or less like this movie the same, uh, as you can see. <laughs> The critics gave it a, a come in at 85. Uh, the audience score was 81. I actually thought the audience score would be lower, but again, about the same. Um, the critics say the last duel's critique of systemic misogyny isn't as effective as it might have been. Don't you understand? This is not about a duel. It's about systemic misogyny, you misogynist Ronnie Adams. Let's throw some keywords into a paragraph and start making people talk. <laughs> That's all I heard. <laughs> But it remains a well-acted and thought-provoking drama infused with epic grandeur. The audience says, we came for Blotnam. Um, If you don't <laughs> mind its somewhat repetitive story structure, which I did, The Last <laughs> Duel is an exciting, well-paced period drama that leaves you with plenty to think about. All right. We'll do a few. Thank you for not, not using systemic and misogyny in that. Kathia <laughs> Woods of Cup of Soul. The Lady Reigns Supreme. It's not a helpful review. What? <laughs> How? What do you mean by this? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a, there's there's more to it, but I always I always laugh when like that's the the, the sentence they pull out of the review. It's like, ha- I, I mean, I guess in terms of maybe making you want to read what the hell she's talking about, but that by itself is not helpful. I mean, you might as well just said pork and beans tomorrow for lunch batman symbol <laughs> all righty uh david stratton of the australian top critic disagrees with me he says the last duel is a big screen experience if there ever was one and for the most part a pretty impressive one so what we're saying is that this guy is an australian perv <laughs> yeah i mean that i mean that i'm sorry this is what i got out of it i mean like dude no this is not something you need to go like, okay. I, I mean, I went to a movie to see it, movie theater to see it, but this is not something that I would recommend anybody watching a theater. Just like you said, this is an at home experience where you can be, you know, you don't have to actually look at another stranger in the eye and say, yeah, we just saw that together. Dan Merle of Dan Merle Reviews, you self employed loser. <laughs> I did that for Rob. Uh, pieces of the last duel seem like they'd make for one of the year's best movies, but they're a jumbled whole. Yeah, Thanks, I agree Dan. with him on that. Uh, well, Jorge Ignacio Castillo from Planet S Magazine agrees with you. The unexpected MVP of the last duel is Ben Affleck. Yeah, I, I, I meant to mention this before. I'll, I'll say it now. I like the fact they didn't go with bizarre accents. Everyone just kind of... Oh! Matt Damon and Ben Affleck just kind of used like... The, <laughs> I mean, like, that's the other thing. I was like, I was expecting British accents or what, you know, a faux British accent. And then all of a sudden they're like, wait, they're in France and they're using a really bad faux, you know, British accent. You right. Know, and at least they didn't Everyone you know, talk like to Boston Yard, you know. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> now, I, I helped fix the car. Now I'm fucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, hey, you know, get out of my yard. Leave my wife alone. You know, yeah. Kind of a deal. 
I was I was glad they just went with normal accents. Yeah. You know, they weren't going to do French the whole time. And they and, and as I joke around with Robert, and I've actually said this to my kids, too, because my kids have brought this up to me. They're like, you have to understand everybody outside of the U.S. has a British accent. British is the British is the stand-in for every other ethnicity and, and their accents. Absolutely. Uh, Matt Conway of Battle Royale with Cheese, one of our favorites on here. The okay. last duel reduces the concept's fruitful insights into didactic hand-holding. What the frick did you just say? <laughs> I Some of those are words I understand. Okay, well, I'm going to read this last one. I read this earlier to myself, and it made me chuckle, and I need to share it with you. That and then last we'll be done. guy was just, I'm pretentious, and I want you to know it. Yes, his farts don't smell. No. Um, Matt, Mark Feeney of the Boston Globe, top critic. He gets paid for this, okay? This is his paid job. Got it? Yes. The last duel might work better as a silent film. And that's it. <laughs> yep. That's all you got. That's all you got. That's I guarantee it. that man makes 200 grand a year. <laughs> all right, folks. That's why <laughs> because there's no justice in this world. <laughs> that is our review of the last duel. This was fun. I was glad we got, we fun. got to do this. Absolutely. Um, so as I said, Ronnie will be back a week from Monday uh, to review last night in Soho, which will be fun this week. Um, as this is recording tomorrow morning, Myself and Chris Bailey and possibly Harry Broadhurst, possibly not. One never knows. Uh, we'll be reviewing Crown Jewel, the WWF uh, WWE event from um, Saudi Arabia. And then myself and Sean Comer will be doing another indie early 2000 classic on trial. We'll be looking at Donnie Darko. Um, we've re we re-aired the paranormal activity long road to ruins that we did parts one and two parts one dealt with our paranormal activity one and two part two was three and four and it was one that sean had suggested back when we did it like seven or eight years ago because sean felt the need to scream and yell about paranormal activity i think it was three uh that was that was the infamous why does toby have a copy of of, of final cut pro um <laughs> Which always cracked me up. So when Sean gets a bee in his bonnet and feels the need to scream about something, those are some pretty those are some pretty entertaining shows. And he uh, he had suggested Johnny when we did Spun earlier in the summer, and um, we were talking just about like that treasure trove of early two thousands indie snob films, like you know Donnie's Darko yeah. and Run Lola Run and Requiem for a Dream. Um, Juno, Spun, Juno, yeah, all of those. Don, we, 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 me and him both went back and forth about how, like, if you were a film snob back then, Donnie Darko was your shit. But like, if, like if you truly examine the movie, there's a great number of problems with it that no one talks about. Because if you want to be a cool film guy, you gotta like Donnie Darko. Well, Sean and I are going to debate the merits of that uh, facetious statement, and uh, and who's defending? Who is the fet? Probably me. Oh, Bubby. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm look. I can def if I defended Catwoman, I can defend Donnie Darko. I you that I'm, in my brain to keep my respect for you as a human being, you didn't do that. So someone suggested to me once. Uh, I won't say who, but someone suggested that the next on trial I do with Sean, I should just let him talk, and then when he's done, um, say something like. Uh, if the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit. And then, you know, and then just like, that's it. <laughs> End the show. 
do the Chewbacca defense. Yes. <laughs> they don't even argue with him. Nope. I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to Donnie Darko because I I, I enjoy when John loses his shit and just start screaming. What is this? This is the bowl of chili you'll be eating when he's arguing this. <laughs> so look for that. Um, that's that's tomorrow night. Uh, Jesse's got a whole bunch of unspoken issues dropping this week. It's one long rise of the Midnight Suns that he cut into bite-sized episodes for some strange nice. reason. Um, I mean, Jesse, let, let Jesse do what Jesse do. Speaking of strange movies, uh, myself, David Wright, Presumably, Jeff Slobata from the MCU's Bleeding Edge and uh, Robert Winfrey will be reviewing the 19... Sorry, will be reviewing the 2021 Dune. David Wright already did the 1984 Dune last week. We'll be reviewing the new Dune, Dune Part 1 from Dennis uh, Villavenu. Um, myself, uh, Jesse Starcher, and Robert Cooper will be reviewing our final album for the month of October, having to do with all things uh, Halloween. We are reviewing the new Halloween album, Halloween Self-Titled. Came out earlier this year. Um, myself and Gavin Napier will be reviewing Ted Lasso Season 2. And on Friday, we've got two shows for you. Um, myself and Alexis Haina will be doing a triple feature for Scooby-Doo Meets Courage the Cowardly Dog, Straight Out of Nowhere, uh, Muppet's Haunted Mansion, and My Little Pony, A New Generation, Raw, Raw, We're an Angry Mob. And then Jason Teasley won't leave me alone. He likes to he likes to say that I force him to do things, but he in fact cries and, and cries and bitches and moans when. Um... <laughs> so, so your friend Spikes is not a fan of Donnie Darko, apparently. Um, no, anyway. nobody is. <laughs> so yeah, Jason Teasley like you know won't leave me alone. And when I told him we didn't have time to do you, he threw a giant three month long tantrum. So. <laughs> When he said you, when he what? When you... I, he, the the show you that was I don't know where it was originally, but oh, now it's on Netflix. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I I tried to cut that from the schedule because I didn't have time to do three seasons worth of television, and he threw a giant man tantrum. So <laughs> we will be doing the first season of you because I am nothing if not accommodating. Uh, true. Um, Saturday, the day before Halloween, Jesse and Alexis will be presenting their uh, tripped up trivia. Horror movies and such. Um, I would totally wipe the board with that. I should have been on the show then. Yeah, well, um, I wasn't invited. All right. Um, and then finally, <laughs> and then finally, uh, we are celebrating Halloween, October thirty first, with a whole slew of shows, old and new and blue. Jesse and Alexis. I feel like I've said that a lot now. Uh, yeah. Are reviewing Power Rangers on a Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, a couple man, years ago, on. a couple years ago, myself and Jesse reviewed the new Trick or Treat album, Reanimated, um, which is a covers album. So yeah. we're gonna re re air that on the thirty first. The last part, I think, of the Midnight Rise of the Midnight Suns airs that day, and then I think another Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Another unspoken issues is either being recorded or airing. I'm not entirely sure, Jesse. What are you doing to me? Uh, but it says here <laughs> Spawn number nine by Neil Gaiman. And then we're into Eternal stuff because Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. All right. That's it. What do you got going on in your world? My friend, I am a part, or, or well, I have a channel called Misfits and Miscreants over on twitch.tv slash Misfits and Miscreants. We have a bi weekly actual play Dungeons and Dragons stream where I'm leading seven adventurers, well, soon to be seven adventurers, through 
the Arctic wasteland of Ten Towns and Icewind Dale. Uh, we were playing Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. It is a lot of fun. Please check us out. Um, I have been very bad about uh, about streaming video games lately on this because I've on our off days I've you know streamed video games, but I'm trying to work up to where you get different content than that, and then just use the video games as a filler. So right now we are, I'm, I'm looking at different board games that I'm purchasing uh, and playing. And so we can stream, you know, some board game content. Um, we've, I've been working on some Magic the Gathering content. Uh, and also I'm working on getting another stream going, hopefully soon, uh, with some people that you saw last time and our Curse of Strahd stream. Uh, our, our, uh, we have two different uh, teams that, that stream at any time. Uh, I also want to get some people going in some one shots online. We have delayed our uh, our regulation broadcasting D and D game stream uh, by a little bit. We'll hopefully get to be able to do that soon. Um, but uh, you know, we've we've delayed that just for now uh, due to scheduling and things like that. But um, we I'm working on a, a full schedule of trying to get some stuff going for us at least. You know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights. How old are uh, the kids that play? When you like teach kids to play D and D, what's like the minimum age? Well, I have two different two different uh, things going on. I teach, uh, we teach new and old. Uh, uh, the kids that I teach are anywhere from 10, 10, 10 in age up to thirteen. Okay, so it's a little um, little old for Jonas just yet. He needs to age not a couple quite. years. Uh, how old is Jonas now? He's six, seven, seven. He's seven. seven. He'll be eight in uh, April. I, I, my my youngest was eight. Okay. So um, there are these cute little uh, books that ha- teach you the. It's like the player's hand guide, our player's handbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, I told you when we went to WasabiCon, like his favorite part of the day was when we went into the gaming room. Yes. And we were playing, and we tried playing this like Street Fighter card game, and I and I went Donald at the window. I could not figure out how to make the, how to how to work this stupid game. It's way too complicated. I don't know how y'all play like Magic and shit like that because I couldn't figure out this card game. Basically, so we, we played I, Candyland, I, and it was I, the best part of his day. Oh man, Candyland's amazing. Mm-hmm. Magic is, is is getting easier for me. It's it's a mm-hmm. little you know it's a little bit of a slow burn, especially when you play against people who've been playing for twenty years. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know you've got board games like. Like this like it's called hor- horrified mm-hmm. it's all the universal monsters and you there's different things like that there's another board game that's based off an rpg called kids on bikes yeah. it's a blast i love it it's so he, good he is definitely showing a a deep interest in like tabletop good. games i think he would actually enjoy role-playing imagination so man you will you and i will have to talk about maybe getting me and jonas and possibly lily i don't know if she'll, she'd be up for it in a uh, in a role-playing game absolutely i, I would be more than happy to cool. maybe kids on kids on bikes might be a little bit of a uh uh we'll start with that and move into other stuff you know maybe something like that but anyway uh, i digress but uh yeah. we've got all kinds of stuff coming at you uh that i have planned that i want to put into fruition soon um, so stick with us. Uh, we may or may not have a stream this Saturday. It's our time to stream, but it is Halloween. It's a day before Halloween. So, uh, depending on some people's schedules and everything, the way things go down, we may have to delay a little bit, but I'll get something going for you a little, you know, something, something else going for you. Um, but, uh, you know, but I like to, I like to see the kids trick or treat myself. 
Uh, I like to hand out candy, you know, at the end of my driveway and then go see a how or go see a haunted house after, you know, after that goes down. So Halloween is a little bit of a special time for me as well. I love it. So we may or may not have a stream this third, the 30th, this Saturday. So, but other than that, we've got some cool stuff coming. So stick with us, uh, switch over to, you know, to uh, Misfits and Miscreants. I'm actually hosting W2M right now. Um, give us a follow, say something to us. And, and uh, you know, we, we've got some cool stuff going on. Also, we have a link tree in there that leads to our Facebook. Uh, no, not Facebook. It leads to our Instagram or TikTok um, and a few other things. And most importantly, we do have a Patreon going on right now. So uh, uh, Misfits and Miscreants, uh, this is the first time I've actually announced our Patreon. So we have a Patreon. We have a few different tiers. A uh, couple of them have some really cool stuff. We'll give you a couple of shout outs. But uh, one of them actually allows you to help to sit with me and design an NPC to use in the game and, and in the future games uh, on the stream. So you can design your own NPC, your own non-player character. Um, we have also, uh, also if you're a girl on TikTok and you're into D and D, send your TikToks to Ronnie Adams like I do. Yes, please do. <laughs> anyway uh it's 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 we got some cool stuff on our patreon check it out um and if you if you have an extra five bucks you know just maybe send it our way you know you get you'll get some cool um you'll get some cool uh content that maybe uh maybe nobody else has seen yet so maybe some different like you know call of cthulhu and stuff like that so hook us up and you know or look at not hook us up but look us up and you know uh, and then I'll quit rambling and stop there. All right. Um, yep. If you've uh, if you found the show and you're not subscribed to any one of our social medias, please do. We're uh, W2M is on Facebook. It's on Twitter. Uh, it's on Instagram. Uh, I am pers- I personally have all of those things. Plus, my subcategory of W2M Rattling and Broadcasting Network also has all its own social media. Um, especially you know if you if you've enjoyed the live stream, subscribe uh, and like our videos on YouTube. Uh, subscribe on Twitch so that you get no, uh, notifications. We live stream just about every night for the most part. If it's not me, it's the life is like a game show guys or the soccer guys or the video game guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, this past weekend, just real quick, uh, I, I met a new friend through Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey, Chris Bailey. He hooked me, he hooked me up with Daniel Lasby and we did some boxing commentary. I was very excited about that because Robert Winfrey's not always available or wants to. So I was happy to have Dan step in and do the Shakur Stevenson fight. Uh, so that's up now, and hopefully we'll get to do more in the future. All right. What, do, uh, we are now 26 minutes over what I wanted to be. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, 20 minutes of plugs minimum every show. <laughs> Most of that's my rambling, and I apologize. No, you're fine, dude. Um, I'm just as bad. Ladies and gentlemen, that's our review of The Last Duel, starring the boys from Goodwill Hunting. For Ronnie Adams, I'm Mark Radledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.